lectern you have ever heard. Okay, and we're going to have the lectern out pretty soon as well. But um, as we do that, I just want to um, introduce today's topic, and you've already heard it. It is personal missions. Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Project Alligator, everybody. All right, let's read. <laughs> yeah, we, we have the little kids in the service today, so we've given them like spelling tests after. All right, let's read John 6, 1 to 14. You know, after this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberia, and a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was, um, that he was doing on the sick. He went up to the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the Feast of the Jews, was also at hand. Lifting up his eyes then, and seeing a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, where are we going to buy bread so that these people may eat? Because they've been out for a while, and there's a lot of them. And he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Right? So Jesus... He asked a question. He knows what's going to happen. Philip answered him, oh, my goodness, it's like 5,000 people, right? 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to even get a little. And sometimes when we look out at the problems of the world, we look out at things, we go, my goodness, even if I emptied my whole wallet right now, I don't think we'd even make a dent in this. And so then one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there's a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what is that for so many? That means how can five loaves of bread and two fish feed 5,000 people? So then... So now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, and about 5,000 in number. And Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated. Also the fish, as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments so that nothing may be lost. And so they gathered them up, and they filled 12 baskets with fragments, leftover fragments, from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. And when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who has come into the world. I don't know what you think about a story like this. It's in the historical section of an ancient book in our Bible, and it's been encountered in four, all four of the Gospels. I don't know if you know that a story like this actually, and we can have a discussion about it, we probably don't have enough time to go into a deep dive into this, but a story like this is like the story of the kingdom of God. Because who would have thought that with one person, Jesus Christ, and what he gave up. I mean, people die all the time. That with one person, the whole world could change. Who would have thought that with what a small movement, what a small 
effect in one part of the world thousands and thousands of years ago, it would actually multiply and feed so many millions. There's something that's going on in this story that actually illustrates, I think, a powerful principle of the kingdom of God, but also our world today. That the stories that you've heard up here of the testimonies of people, I don't think it just ends there, man. I don't think their whole mission trip was just like, oh, hey, I gave some person glasses. They got glasses. We're all good. That's the end of it. You never know where the thing goes. And so uh, we're going to look at three uh, points today that we can take from this very simple, it's not a parable, true life account of what happened uh, in the time of Jesus. One, I think I'm struck by in this story how simple and ordinary it is. You're talking about a big problem of feeding 5,000. I mean, we have, you wouldn't believe how many meetings we have feeding 300 people after church and the like food meetings after food meetings. These guys had to feed 5,000 people, right? But the solution was in a boy. You're talking about loaves and fish. There's nothing fancy. Nobody had a premium Zoom account. There was no like special degree or engineering skills needed, right? The kingdom of God can actually be so simple. Don't let the complicated nature of getting involved in missions prevent you from thinking that you can't do anything. You know, I'll tell a quick story about Pastor Roland. Uh, some of you may have heard this, but Pastor Roland, you know, when he was a boy, actually maybe not a boy, but when he was just graduated from university, before he became Pastor Roland, the founding pastor of FGA, before he became the lead pastor of FGAKL, a church of 10,000, before he got his master's degree in theology and he ducks the whole school to top. Before all of that, when he was just Uncle Roland to me, he came back from overseas, just graduated from his degree, and he babysat for his sister's kid to give their loving parents, his loving parents, a date time, or I don't know what it is. Maybe I was too irritated. But Uncle Roland took me in one day just to babysit me, and he preached to me the gospel of Jesus Christ. In a simple story of David and Goliath. That's just simple, everyday ordinary. I kid you not, it changed my life and every other thing that I've done since then, including everything I'm doing right now, is colored by that, by that moment. Secondly, this kid, he gave all he could. I think if you think a little bit about it, let's put it in perspective, right? This kid, he's not giving up his entire life. It's not, it's all he could. It's not, he didn't pledge to every other day be the supplier of food for all the 5,000. He didn't, right? He just like, this is what I have. This is all I can give you right now. It is five loads and two fish. Like, he just gave all he could. It's, it's I'm guessing a little bit, but it's, it's more likely, it's kind of likely that that's not his lunch, right? I mean, that's a lot for a kid's lunch. Five loaves, two fish. He, I, I get the... 
I get the sense that maybe there's a legitimate reason for why he's carrying that much. Maybe he's carrying it for the family, maybe just things to do, right? He's got he's, he's all these responsibilities. I, I, when I think of this kid, I think back to that John Wesley quote that we were talking about when we had the sermon earlier on in the year. Um, and it reminded me of this quote. Having first gained all you can, secondly, saved all you can, then give all you can. It's a great philosophy of life because what it does is it points you all the way to so that you can give all you can. If the entire point of your life of gaining all you can and then saving all you can is to spend all you can on yourself, it's a little bit too short-sighted. It's a little bit too selfish and not reflective of a loving God that we have. This boy, why was he carrying five loaves and two fish? I think it was hardworking. Uh, save all you can means that you're careful with your spending, right? You're not, um, you, you don't say, oh, money is for spending. You're like, John Wesley himself was frugal, right? He earned, in equivalent dollars, $2 million a year. That was his salary because he was so famous. And yet he put most of it to missions and he lived a frugal life. I, I don't think we need to be excessive and indulgent. So we do all this. We work as hard as we can. We gain all. We make all we can. And then we save what we can. And we're not talking about going ridiculous. We're, I'm not talking about being ridiculous. It's what we can. And then we give all that we can. That was what this boy did. His attitude was that. Hey, you know what? I can't feed the 5,000. I can only give you five loaves and two fish. Turns out he fed the 5,000. Okay. And then finally, I think this story tells me a little bit about who this boy was. Who he was. I think when this boy gave, not only was it simple and ordinary... And not only was it all that he could give, he showed something of what was inside of him. Do you really think that in a group of 5,000 people, he was the only one with food? 5,000 people, and he's the only one with food? I know I'm reading into it, but 5,000 people, and no one had a Mars bar in their EDC backpack or whatever. Like, I find it hard to believe. I think he was the only one who came up. I think he was the only one who, when the disciples were going, oh, my goodness, we got a problem, this guy said, hey, I don't know what everybody else is doing, but I'm going to offer my food. Don't you think this boy was hungry? I mean, we know kids. We know kids, right? My goodness, these guys can't last one hour without eating something. It's, I'm sure he's hungry, especially boys. They must be hungry. This guy did something that was so ingrained into who he was. And it was maybe innocent. It was maybe naive. But it was part of the kind of DNA that he is. Can I just share, like the older that I get, the more I realize, and I'm talking to all the older guys here, you'll relate. You know, like, you just behave a certain way. You've been living life, like, I'm 48, I've been living life a certain way. And, like, I'm just, I'm just, there's some things I do because of who I am. 
uh, whether I'm feeling good, whether I'm happy, whether I'm hungry, I act and I behave a certain way. And I could, I could go all like, oh my goodness, I could tell you all my quirks. Like I've got these weird quirks, right? Uh, but they become my core behaviors. Um, but I don't want to make this about me. I want to I make this about you. Think about yours. What are some of these like definitive things about you? that have become so ingrained into your life that you're like, I gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta, I gotta have kaya toast for breakfast. I gotta, I gotta do this. Oh man, I gotta clean the kitchen. I, can't, I gotta do that. I've gotta do these things must be done because it's so ingrained into me. You know, if you think about that and you think about when they were formed in you, when some of these essential habits became just a regular part of who you were, then I think it is on us to give some reflection as to what kind of diet we want to have as a Christian. What kind of Christian life do we want to live so that in the early stages of forming our Christian walk or when we are discipling our families or when we're discipling in the church, we go, hey, what do we want to build into the fabric so that when we're feeling happy, when we're feeling sad, when we're feeling hungry, when things go wrong, we're still going to do it. That's what this kid did. Even though he had needs, he gave. I like what Carrie Newhoff says, and this is taken from Megan's sermon, because she actually sent me her entire sermon and had this quote, so I'm going to just lift it from her sermon. Thanks, Megan. A life devoted to self ultimately leaves you alone because your window just gets smaller, 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 smaller until it's just you. And so I want to encourage you, um, if I could, Oh my goodness, I spelt it right. Personal missions is about personally having part of your diet, who you are, doing something that is simple and ordinary, giving what you can, all you can, so that you form in you the same kind of image and character that is in Christ himself. And we're not talking about mission trips. We're talking about this, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. That we are all to go forth and make disciples of all nations. And as a Christian, if you're a Christian here, I want to challenge you with this as I end. What are your five loaves and two fish? What is your personal, you've heard 13 personal stories what is your personal story for missions? What is your personal way of engaging with this great commission? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, that we are able to just peel back our lives. And, and I pray that you would inspire us, Lord, by this, even just this little boy who's done something so, so simple and um, that we would be able to be people who, when you cut us open, we reflect your very character. Help us to be a generous church. Help us to be a church that helps in the nations. Uh, help us to see how privileged and, and, and blessed we are. And I pray, Lord God, that you would turn these resources, these people, each of us, into a powerhouse for your kingdom. That we may not be able to save 5,000 or 5 million, but that we could offer up our five loaves and two fish. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you for coming to the second week of Missions Month. There's food outside. If you're brand new, we've got a complimentary lunch for you. We've got service next week. It's Compassion Sunday. Uh, and we'll see you all uh, next week. God bless. Sounds super. And